Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. God is raising up extravagant worshipers, those who long for his presence, those who want to dwell in his presence day and night, those who want to spend long hours ministering to him, worshiping him, singing to him, hearing his voice in his word, experiencing his love, expressing their love back to him. God is putting that heart of David in a generation. And I believe many of you probably have that passion. You have that desire to worship the Lord extravagantly. Sometimes you even feel weird because of this desire, because it seems like maybe not everyone has that same drive and desire and passion to just spend your life with the Lord and spend long times in worshiping Him and enjoying Him and praying to Him. Well, you're not alone. Throughout the scriptures, there's these examples of those in the Bible who were extravagant worshipers. But every time you see them, you see pushback, you see accusation, you see challenge. There's a cost to extravagant worship, but it's worth it. And so I hope this episode is encouraging to the extravagant worshipers who are going to tune in today, those who have a passion for God's presence. Before I dive into the teaching today, welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, our podcast exists to help you and your community to host and experience God's presence through day and night worship and prayer, because we believe God's presence changes everything. So on Thursdays, we release these episodes. They're either going to be short Bible teachings like what I'm going to share today, or sometimes they're extended interviews with worship and prayer movement leaders or Bible teachers. We talk about things like intercessory prayer, prophetic worship, revival, the tabernacle of David, missions, unity. So if you want to get equipped to host and experience the presence of God, be sure to hit subscribe, however you're tuning in, and we would love to track with you. Also, we have our website. It's presencepioneers.org. We have our entire podcast archive up there with all the show notes. You can search and find episodes about certain topics. We have more information about our ministry, as well as a way that you can give and donate to support us and say thank you up there as well. All right. Well, let's dive in today. Extravagant worship. One of the characters you see in the scriptures that was an extravagant worshiper was this guy named King David. And I'm actually writing a book right now on the topic of David's tabernacle. I hope that it will be released soon. But as I'm going through his story fresh again, as I've been looking at it for years, you see this moment in his story where he decides to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Israel. David has been cultivating intimacy with God in the secret place on the hillsides as a shepherd boy. He's been playing his harp. He's been praying. He's been singing. He's been learning to minister to God. He's been learning from Samuel, and he's been learning in the secret place, and he's cultivated this intimacy with God and this passion for the presence of God. He said, in Psalm 27, 4, there's one thing I ask and there's one thing I seek that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever and gaze upon his beauty and inquire of him in his temple. This was the driving desire of David's heart in a personal way. And then King David becomes king of the United Nation of Israel, all 12 tribes, and he chooses Jerusalem as the capital. 
And that personal desire for the presence of God manifested in his leadership. And he said, we've got to get the Ark of the Covenant and set it in a tent. We've got to host the presence of God because the Ark was where God's presence rested in those days. We've got to get this Ark, bring it to our new capital. And so David set up a tent and established what we call the Tabernacle of David. But this progression of going to get the Ark from where it was resting and bring it to the new capital is a fascinating story you can read about in 2 Samuel and in 1 Chronicles. If you know the narrative, there was two attempts. The first attempt was a failure, but then the second attempt, they're bringing the ark into the city of Jerusalem, and there's this extravagant expression of worship. It says that they had instruments. It says they were singing. They were dancing. They were celebrating. There were men and there were women. There were all 12 tribes. They all came together. There was this worship parade leading up the hill of Mount Zion, leading up into Jerusalem to carry the presence of God. The Levites were carrying the ark. And it says every six steps, they would stop and they would offer a burnt offering. They would offer a sacrifice to God every six steps. So if you figure up where the ark was and how far it had to travel to get Jerusalem, you're talking about 10 miles, 10 miles approximately. And every six steps, they would stop. They would kill an animal. They would burn this offering to the Lord. Then they would go another six steps and they would do it again. All the while they're singing, they're celebrating, they're praising the Lord the entire time. And there's this trail of blood leading up the mountain uh, the mountain of Zion, there's just these smells of meat that's cooking, of slaughtered animals. There's this sound of all these instruments, this Hebrew music that's resounding and these this celebratory dancing, and they're carrying the ark up the mountain. David, it says he was dancing wildly through the streets. He took off his kingly garments. He put on priestly garments. He wore what was called a, an ephod. It was a priestly garment. And he went down with the common people, even though he was the king, went down with the commoners and just says he was dancing and whirling and even playing. It uses this word, it says David was playing in the streets uh, with the people. And it was just this beautiful, extravagant expression of their love for the presence of God. They were going to set up the ark right in the center of their nation, prioritizing God's presence, ministering to him. The tabernacle of David would go day and night. For 33 years there in Jerusalem. But as David is bringing this extravagant expression of worship into the city, there's this pushback. And if you know the story, it was actually his wife, Michael, who says she was looking out the window of the palace and saw David dancing in the streets and says that she despised him in her heart. She despised him in her heart. And you may have experienced, you may have been on either end of this, but what I've experienced is extravagant worship, extravagant devotion to the Lord, it stirs things up. It provokes those that experience it. And, and there can be a couple reactions. Maybe you have been the extravagant worshiper and you felt some of that pushback against your worship, that accusation, that judgment that comes because of your worship. Or maybe you've been judgmental in your heart. Maybe you've seen those who have been kind of out of the box or wild or too emotional or or too expressive in their praise and their worship or in their intercession. And you go, ah, oh, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Or maybe you've despised people in your heart. And so you see this, this picture of extravagant devotion and then the way it kind of stirs up this animosity and this misunderstanding. 
And uh, and actually, I believe that that that's that religious spirit. It's that tendency to to not want uh, radical worship. And it actually says that you know David came home. She said, "Oh, look, you were foolish down there with just the common people, with the slave girls dancing in the street." And he says in Second Samuel six twenty two, "I will become." even more undignified than this. I'll be humbled. I'll be humiliated in my own eyes. And it says that because of Michael's judgment against David, it says that she was barren for the rest of her life. She actually couldn't have children for the rest of her life because of her judgment in her hearts, in her heart towards this extravagant worship. And that's, you know, the fruit of those who begin to judge others in the place of, of God's presence, begin to judge others' expression. Uh, especially those extravagant, radical, wild expressions of worship and prayer. And you see this pattern continue throughout the scriptures. Obviously, God said David was a man after his own heart. So the Lord loved this worship. He affirmed David's worship and uh, and did not affirm Michael's judgment against her. And so there's a couple other examples you see of this in scripture. It seems like every time there's an expression of extravagant devotion to the Lord, you see, first of all, pushback from the enemy, pushback from those who are religious and judgmental. And number two, you see the affirmation of God that Jesus himself affirms these radical expressions of worship. You see that pattern multiple times throughout the scriptures. Many of you know the story of Mary and Martha, right? Jesus comes to visit Mary and Martha's house and it says that Martha was busy. She was taking care of the dishes and preparing the meal. And Mary sat down at the feet of Jesus with the other disciples. I think this is Luke chapter 10. I don't actually have the reference in front of me. But Mary, you know, she comes and sits at the feet of Jesus and she listens to him and she listens to his teaching. And she's, you know, in a sense, praying. She's she's spending time with the Lord. She's spending time at his feet, listening to him, wanting to be close to him. And Martha, you know, gets that same attitude that David's wife got. And she comes to Jesus and said, why don't, basically, why don't you tell Mary to help me? I'm doing all this hard work for you, Jesus. I'm working for you. But Mary's just sitting there with you. And Jesus actually defends Mary. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast 
and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. And says that the thing that she had done is the one thing that's needed or the one thing that's necessary. Isn't that interesting that Mary has chosen the better part is what Jesus says. And so you get this contrast between Martha, who's, you know, working and laboring, and then Mary, who's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it's not that we're not supposed to labor and work, but this that we're supposed to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Mary's extravagant devotion to the Lord was celebrated by Jesus uh, in that situation. And the other one here, which is the last one I wanted to highlight, is in Matthew chapter 26. And I'm going to actually read these verses starting at verse 6. This is when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. A woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment. She poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And so this is another beautiful picture of extravagant worship, extravagant love, and radical devotion to Jesus. This woman comes in, she has this expensive alabaster jar, breaks it over the feet of Jesus, pours it upon him. And again, you see this pushback. You see this, I believe, demonic stirring rage that comes against this worship and says, why this waste? Why this waste? Why are you doing this? And again, you see Jesus defends this woman and says, she has done a beautiful thing to me. And so I believe that tuning into the podcast today, that there's some extravagant worshipers, there's some Marys, there's some Davids who are on this. And some of you have not fully entered into that. You've had this stirring in your heart, but there's been a hesitancy to really let go and worship and give your life to the things that you feel called to, to express your devotion to the Lord and the way that you feel in your heart, this this stirring from Him. And I hope today that you will feel and hear the affirmation of God for that desire, that burning desire. You go, well, I want to go a little bit longer. I want to go a little bit further. I want to go a little bit louder. I want to be a little bit wilder. And I just feel the Lord saying, yes, go for it today. (laughs) Go for it. Go a little bit further and go for that extravagant, pour your oil out on the feet of Jesus dance through the streets, sit there for hours, do what he's called you to do, worship your guts out, go for it in extravagant devotion to the Lord. And I believe some of you have tried to do that and you've experienced this pushback or whether it's spiritual warfare in your mind or literally people, other people that have expressed their disapproval of the way that you've wanted to worship and give your life. Maybe Even some of you are wanting to, the way you're wanting to manage your time, some of you are wanting to say, I'd love to be a prayer missionary and and spend long hours in prayer and worship and intercession, the word of God as my lifestyle. And maybe some of you people have pushed back against even that lifestyle that you've chosen. Maybe it's just specific times where you've gone all out crazy in your worship and you've gotten pushed back. Or maybe it's just that warfare in your mind. I've experienced this before where it's like, 
you know, you, you're trying to, you, you want to spend a long time with the Lord and you feel his approval, but there's also this question in your mind. It's this, why this waste? Why this waste? Why are you spending all this time? Why are you, you putting all this effort? Why are you putting all these resources? This is excessive. This is extravagant. And I believe Jesus would say to us today, you have done a beautiful thing to me. Just as he spoke to this woman who had broken this alabaster flask, I believe he speaks it over us. I believe he speaks it over the prayer movement, houses of prayer, communities that are gathering for hours with no purpose other than to worship little groups in homes and on college campuses and families. They're gathering together saying, we're going to just worship. We're just going to pray. The whole purpose of this time is we're going to minister to the Lord. And you go, why that waste? (laughs) Why are they doing that? Why worship nights? Why houses of prayer? Why 24-7? Why are we funding it? Why are we putting resources to it? Why are there buildings dedicated to it? And I believe God affirms it. I believe he sees the extravagant devotion and actually is longing for more, that there would be more people who would pour out their lives, that would spend those extra hours, that would shift their lifestyle so that they could you know, spend these hours every week with the Lord, ministries that he would want to raise up that would be primarily dedicated in ministry to the Lord and hosting his presence. I believe that's what he, he desires, that extravagant expression of worship and prayer. So I hope that the testimony of Jesus in the scriptures will help set you free from the accusation that would come against you, that would allow you to step more fully into the expressions of worship and prayer that are burning in your heart to release. And then maybe some of you, again, will change your entire lifestyle and you say, hey, I want to do worship and prayer as my life, as my ministry. And I heard years ago, someone talk about how that was actually allowed and how God was actually raising up prayer missionaries and intercessory missionaries, and they would spend hours every day in a prayer room. And I all of a sudden came alive, something in my heart. I said, wow, you can actually do that. I would have loved to do that, but I didn't know that was even a thing. And so for some of you, I want you to know it's a thing. It's a thing. And I I believe that many of those who have that burning in their heart probably tune into this podcast. And so I want to just release you and affirm you and encourage you. It's a beautiful thing, whether it's, you know, spend an extra 15 minutes, dance a little wilder, sing a little louder, change your entire lifestyle, raising up ministries committed to hosting the presence of Lord, ministering to him. It's not a waste. It's a beautiful thing in the eyes of Jesus. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for those words that it's a beautiful thing, that it's the one thing that's needed. Lord, it's the better part. And we say we want to offer that to you, Jesus. We want to offer you our hearts, our lives, our time, laid down, poured out to you. You're worth it. You're worthy of it, Jesus. And I pray that you would break off any condemnation or any shame or any accusation that would be against the worshipers and the intercessors and the Marys and the Davids, God, that listen to this and that see this, God, that they would be set free to be all that you've called them to be and to do all that you've called them to do, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if this was helpful to you, maybe send this to some extravagant worshipers, some worshipers and intercessors that you know that love the presence of God and would be encouraged and maybe even need this affirmation from this teaching today. Uh, Again, please hit subscribe if you're not yet. If you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, leave us a comment. If you're on Apple, if you could leave us a rating or review for our podcast, that would help just give us more credibility, help more people find us so that they can discover the power of God's presence and learn how to worship and pray as well. 
Don't forget, everyone, God's presence changes everything.